0: Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reid.
1: And I'm Frank.
0: Today we're going to be talking about the second Republican debate, and we're going to be talking about immigration and more, so let's get into it. Before we get started, listeners, I'd like to remind you to subscribe and follow us on your favorite platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can also find our audios on YouTube. And if you'd like to share your feedback directly, You can check out our emails, send us an email. You can find those in the show notes in the description below. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our best of episode uh, last time. Uh, Putting it together, I thought it was really interesting to see some of the comments we made and compare them to now. Particularly um, the part where I was talking about how some people thought a couple months ago, Nikki Haley might be trying to go for chums uh, VP spot, but that's obvious. Obviously, not the case now. So I thought that was neat to kind of you know, hear that back and compare things to how the what we thought they were going to be compared to how they are now. And speaking of Nikki Haley, uh, I'm gonna start off by talking about the second Republican debate that happened recently. Um, I wrote down one thing I liked about all of them and a couple people I might. Ha- I might share some negative comments. Uh, and I guess since I mentioned Nikki Haley's name first, I'll start with her. Um, I thought, um, well, and these are just things I I particularly liked, whether or not I think they had any significant impact on their campaign or not. Um, that's just what I like. But with Nikki Haley, I thought she made a good comment uh, when it came to healthcare about how um, part of the the reason that healthcare costs are so high is because the government subsidies and the insurance companies and these uh, PBMs, which I forget what it stands for, but they're like a middleman for pharmaceutical companies. And then the pharmaceutical companies themselves um, all kind of drive up the cost of healthcare. Rather than being able to go to your provider directly, whoever it might be, you know, your local doctor, and paying them directly for what could often be a lower cost rather than having to go through all these different middlemen, the insurance companies, these PBMs, and the pharmaceutical companies and all that. So I thought that was um, a pretty good comment for her to make. Um, I don't think too many others made a similar comment. Maybe they did, and I just didn't recognize it. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Next. Um, oh, my man, Doug, who I didn't even think was going to be at this debate. Doug Burgum, the governor from North Dakota. Yeah. Um. He had a couple of good things that I liked, uh, but I went with um. On when he was asked about uh, shrinking the size of the government, uh, he I think he gave a pretty good line. Because um, one of his explanations was there's like ten to twenty percent of uh, like the government bureaucracy, the work that they do, like that could be. Contracted out or engineered out, and then he also gave a good line that uh, he should get these people to create taxes instead of being paid by taxes, which I thought was a good line. Get them back in the p- the private workforce, right? Because there are even jobs that the, I mean, currently there are jobs that the federal government contracts out to private companies, most notably, you know, like our defense contracts. Um, so it can probably be done with other. Uh, administrative work within the federal government so I thought that was pretty good pretty good line and he gave a pretty good answer on it uh, next I got uh, Ron DeSantis um, one thing I sort of keep forgetting about that he mentioned um, on stage was he's the only candidate to have served in the military and um, I I think that's a pretty good thing he's, you know, he's wore, worn many hats he's worked in the private sector, He's served in the military. He's worked, obviously, as the governor. He's been a congressman. So I think it definitely helps to add to his leadership credentials. Do you happen to know in what capacity he served in the military? I believe he had to do with law. He was sort of like a lawyer, kind of. Like, he wasn't in combat or anything, but he went overseas with, like, combat people. And I think he gave some... Kind of, He was like some kind of advisor or consultant maybe. But he was still like, you know, it was a... Uh, active duty? Yeah, he was still like an active duty military person. Uh, I mean, I might be slightly wrong on that, but I believe that's sort of what he did. I'd have to look up, look into that again. Um, But a side note on that, which I thought was kind of silly, right after he mentioned that, Dana Perino felt like she had to mention that. Uh, Nikki Haley's husband... Currently is serving in the military, hmm. <laughs> which you know. Thank you for your service, Mr. Haley. I assume your last name is Haley, because I assume she took your last name. But what what's that got to do with anything? He's not running for president. We're talking to the candidates running for president on stage. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the only. Did pers- you see?
1: I saw that she had just done something with the Clinton Foundation just days before the debates. Dana Perino. She spoke at some kind of the um, Clinton Foundation did like an appreciation of news media conference huh. or something like that. I had not seen this. Yeah, and Dana was one of the uh, speakers
0: hmm. there. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like that about Ron DeSantis that he served in the military and I. Uh, Like that he brought it up again The crowd gave him pretty good applause for it
1: Well I did go ahead and look it up And it says that he served as A judge advocate general officer
0: Okay I knew it had to do with Legal uh, aspect of some sort Because that's what his background was He went to Yale um, For law I believe Um, Next I got um, Tim Scott Uh, I didn't like how he started out with this particular thing that he mentioned because it was following Ron DeSantis being asked about um, uh, the, the uh, African-American studies curriculum issue in Florida uh-huh. where it has in the curriculum has a line about how some slaves you know, use the skills they learned as slaves to benefit them when they were free. Um, Tim Scott said they they should just take the line out and then he said uh that there are no redeeming qualities about slavery which is not what what's being said in the curriculum but he did go on to talk about or briefly mention how lbj's great society program has really harmed the black community and uh i think that's important to point out um because it certainly has how So Tim Scott said that? About LBJ's Great Society? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh But he started off talking about, because he was trying to respond to uh, this issue in the Florida education curriculum. His comment about that is how he led into uh, his comments about LBJ's Great Society. So the beginning of it I didn't like. But him talking about the Great Society really having a negative impact on the Black community is what I did like.
1: Well, yeah, and it's nice of him to call LBJ in particular right. and highlight that, um, you know, decade, if you will, mm-hmm. or that, that period of right. history. Because I think a lot of people forget what happened right around there, you know, when mm-hmm. they claim the great switch happened and all that. Stuff. Right,
0: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, so like I said, I thought it was good for him to point that out. That's definitely one thing that has harmed the black community. Uh, As he said, replacing followers with paychecks in the home. Yep. Um, Sounds good on him. Um, Let's see, who do I got next? Um, Okay, Chris Christie is the one I actually had the most trouble deciding what I liked. And it's not because I thought he did bad or anything. Um, It just wasn't anything specifically that really stood out. But I finally landed on his comments about pro life where he said we have to be uh pro life for the whole life, yeah, which I think is important to point out because although you know the pro life movement is mostly concerned with the unborn um you know obviously life doesn't stop at that, <laughs> but it's the Democrats often talk about how they want to help um you know people who are addicted to drugs and stuff like that and right. That's what Chris Christie's comment was kind of getting at was, you know, bring, being pro-life for the whole life and helping people who are like addicted to drugs and stuff like that. So I thought it was good for him to point that out because usually the solutions that the Democrats propose are these, you know, facilities where they the can addict, just go in and yeah, shoot up. Yeah, and- safely, safely go do your drugs or you know not even doing anything with them at all, letting them stay out in the streets and shooting up and passing out right in the middle of the public in the public eye um so i think it's important for, for republicans to try to be a little more active on that uh, that issue um
1: well i heard that clip in particular that you're mm-hmm. talking about and i find it interesting you know um chris christie as i've said before chris christie i think in that right around the same period of that um clip where he says pro-life for the whole life Mm -hmm. he's talking to the other people on stage and saying you know the fight's not really here on the republican stage the fight's in the bluer places in the bluer cities in the bluer states yeah and he did mention (laughs)
0: that you know we we fought hard to get roe v wade overturned to turn it back to the states which was a good thing right
1: But I just think it's interesting the way he, you know, I often credit him for fighting the teachers unions Mm -hmm. in New Jersey when he was governor. And he really did, man. He went around to all those town halls and he really gave it to the people. And the teachers fought back and gave him hell, if you don't mind the expression. And and he just gave it right back and Mm -hmm. said, you know, the state's going to go bankrupt we can't afford this and uh i thought it was a fair point for him to you know sort of compare himself to the others and say Mm -hmm. i've done this i've done these fights yeah you know even chris christie's not my choice candidate i think he really does have that in his background right i think it's very fair for Mm -hmm. him to bring it up and say you know and remind the republicans on stage that Mm -hmm. we really do have to sort of fight back Right. Against the blue, it's right. not just rally together, but mm-hmm. we need to start taking
0: it to the streets. You know, like right. that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he did mention. Uh, I think he said fourteen times he shot down funding for Planned Parenthood in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought he did pretty good uh, when it came to those pro life comments. Um, uh, next is Mike Pence. He was actually the first person I wrote down something on. It was pretty quick and easy. Um, when they were asking about the uh, union, the auto union strike right now. Yeah. Um, Mike Pence was the only one who mentioned, and it doesn't necessarily re- relate specifically to the current uh, strike, but in unions in general, he talked about the right to work and how um, workers shouldn't have to join a union if they don't want to just to work right and he didn't mention this but in the same vein the companies shouldn't have to hire union workers if they don't want to they should be able to hire whoever they whoever they like to well i agree with you and you know
1: i didn't bring it up at the time but when you were talking about Doug Burgum mm-hmm. wanting to shrink the size of the government right i almost thought well i hope they're not union because i think I don't think there's anything that would prevent the government workers from creating a union. I th- I believe something in my mind says that there is like a government workers union yeah. out there or something like that. Right. So that makes sense. I just wonder if he wouldn't run into trouble. Even let's say he was the president mm. trying to slim down some of these departments because the union would go nuts. And they just right. you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, um, that definitely would be a big roadblock. Um, But, like I said, I thought it was good for Mike Pence to mention the right to work when talking about the unions. Uh, Nobody else did, which I don't necessarily blame them because they're specifically being asked about the United Auto Workers strike. Um, Right. And they're just trying to address that issue specifically. Um, Let's see, next I got um, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, or his... Barney, uh, Stuart Barney would say, Mm Ramashwamy. Um, he was asked about, uh, birthright citizenship by the Latino, uh, Latina, rather, uh, moderator. Um, and I thought he gave a pretty good answer. He, he said that, um, he would end birthright citizenship for illegal immigrants. And he gave a good example, a good comparison, um, of uh like a mexican diplomat if they had given birth to a child while on american soil that kid's not an american he, he's go, still going to be the citizen of uh, a mexican citizen um and he gave that same example for an illegal immigrant because he cited the 14th amendment and particularly the line where uh it talks about people who are subject to the jurisdiction of, I guess, American law, uh-huh. and he made the argument that just like a Mexican diplomat wouldn't necessarily be subject to um, the American jurisdiction, an illegal immigrant, and they're, you know, giving birth to a child while here illegally and not being a citizen or a legal resident wouldn't be, wouldn't have those same rights as a American citizen. He definitely explained it much better than I am, but I, I thought he gave a pretty good answer to the
1: question. Well, I think it's pretty good. I yeah. mean, I'd boil it down a little differently. I've said it before, but <clears throat> how can the rights granted in the Constitution even apply if you're not a citizen?
0: Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> yep. I'd, it makes I'd, sense to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's basically what he was. Right. Yeah, the gist of it is, yeah. So I thought that was a good answer. Um, uh, next I got, oh, nope, that was it. Cause I'm back to Nikki Haley, so I was all seven of them. Um, Well, there is one more candidate, though. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, the one who wasn't there. Right. (laughs) Did you have anything on him? Um, (laughs) Insert crickets. Well, I'll tell you. No, it's not insert crickets. (laughs) No, I mean there's there's that was a joke. I don't have anything because he wasn't there.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something funny. I saw him Mm. at a. I don't know exactly what it was, but he was out in Anaheim, California Mm -hmm. at a gathering and he's making fun of Joe Biden Uh and the clip has gone pretty well viral. It's just hilarious. He's talking about how old and, uh, you know, pretty Uh much senile Biden is and he makes a joke. He tells the crowd he's he's standing there talking to. He says, look, everybody. He says, I don't know where I am. I haven't been on this stage before. He says, but it's pretty easy to figure out. He says, over here on my left, there's a set of stairs. Over here on my right, there's a set of stairs. He said, I could go down either set, and I could be off the stage. Uh-huh. And he says, but instead, you look at this guy, and he goes, oh, and he turns around, and he faces the backdrop, the uh-huh. wall, uh-huh. and he pretends like he like mimes like he's trapped. Up against <laughs> the, and he's like, you know, which way do I go? Which right. way do, then he turns back to the microphone and goes, "Where am I?" <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. If you haven't seen the clip, I think you should check it out because it's just Trump being Trump again and making right. fun of Joe Biden. But
0: it is so funny. Yeah, I bet. Definitely sounds hilarious. Uh huh. Um, I, w- I was gonna give a couple of negatives. Uh, I might do that real quick. Um, Uh, Pence, his negative is mostly just he needs to go away. Uh, He's boring, stuffy. He talks really slow, long pauses. Uh, He's a wet blanket. Uh, So that's that's mostly Pence's negative. Um, uh, Doug, uh, my only negative on him was uh, Dana trying to ask him about uh, how he would protect farmers against China, and he was asked that question specifically because there's a lot of farmers in North Dakota. And I thought he gave a good answer on the China aspect but he didn't really address necessarily the farmer aspect of it and uh, otherwise i he had been doing pretty good at answering just the questions he was asked but that particular one I don't think he did so good um, I think being that he is in a state where farming is kind of a major industry he could have done a little better on that to say uh, I don't think he did so well at defending himself against Haley's attack about fracking Uh, I mean he tried to explain it but I don't think he did that great and he tried to at least in my opinion dismiss it sort of um so I didn't think that looked good um and I kind of already mentioned Tim Scott's negative how he um sort of I would say sided with the Democrats on this uh, line in the Florida curriculum about Slavery. slavery when he said they just should have taken it out um, uh, let's see who's the Um obviously Chris Christie's was the one I'm sure everybody else would say his Donald Duck line
1: oh he was so proud of that too <laughs> you should have seen his face
0: oh wow um, it's so bad that Disney should steal him that's my joke about it
1: <laughs> you duck these <laughs> debates anymore they're gonna, they're gonna call call start all you Donald, Donald Duck, duck. I bet he uh, thought of that in the middle of the night. He yeah. woke up out of a dream. He wrote it down. Had to
0: write it down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Um Um Uh Nikki Haley. Uh my only negatives about her I feel like was just there's a few times I thought to myself, Shut up, Nikki. Just shut up. Yeah. But uh other than that I thought she actually did okay. Um,
1: she seems so silly. They got in a fight over the curtain, fifty thousand dollar curtains. Yeah,
0: Tim Tim Scott brought that up uh-huh. to her. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, and overall, uh, that was one thing about the debate. I'd write as a negative. Uh, it was a bit more chaotic at times compared to the first one. Um, and I think some of the questions were silly, um, especially the last one. The whole survivor voting off the island thing. A lot of people seem to have not minded that question because obviously it is on people's minds that who's who's going to be going? The next one's got to drop at some point, but I think to put that as a debate question was kind of silly. Uh, and I'm glad they all kind of shot it down. Um it seems kind of silly to me because yeah. I
1: look over this list of names and I don't really see...
0: Well, I see one. Right.
1: <laughs> I don't see 8 or whatever it is 7 yeah,
0: 7 Um and the other negative I uh No, it's 8. Uh well if you yeah, have your count trump, yeah. yeah. Um the other negative I might save if uh, if we get to it later because it kind of relates to my second topic. Uh but uh that's all for my take on the debates. Um I thought it was okay. Uh We can go right
1: into your second topic if you want.
0: All right, I suppose we can. Because Uh.
1: I had some notes on that, too, and one of them is it didn't seem to me, at least from what I reviewed, I didn't sit and watch the whole debate Mm -hmm. the whole kit and caboodle. Right. But it seemed to me like the illegal immigration wasn't really... Hit very hard, and um, I've been hearing yeah. some scary numbers uh, about record crossings in a single right. day. Well, and-
0: before we get too far into, it, I'll go ahead and mention what my other negative thing was from mm-hmm. the debate. The Latina uh, moderator, she, when it came to them asking about immigration, uh, she cited what, to me, I think is clearly an old stat of eleven million illegal immigrants in the United States. And I feel like that number's been out since the Obama administration.
1: Yeah, eleven million yeah. is in the States period. No. Yeah. There's no way. Because right. the numbers I looked up, um the official numbers that mm-hmm. they put out was two point two million for last year. Right. the year twenty twenty two.
0: I just before we came on to record, I was listening to a Fox News rundown. Mhm. they're talking about the illegal immigration and one week before the ending of the fiscal year they broke that record with 2.388 million.
1: Yeah. Well what I that's good that you have that number cuz what I have in my notes is that we were on track to be about the same. So 2.2 last year, yep. 2.0 almost 2.4. Yep. Uh for 2023. So and, and you have to remember, there's not too many people that will say this, but if that's the official number, you mm. know the unofficial number is right. much higher. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to say that there's only 11 million in the country, mm-hmm. period, is almost farcical. Right. Yeah, Just I, like, if you don't mind me saying so, but when you have people like Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. you know, she did that famous line relatively back at the beginning. Where she went down to South America and said, do not come. Mm-hmm. Do not come. Right. Well, it just seems so disingenuous. Uh-huh. We said so at the time. Yeah. You can always go back, check out our previous shows. I know we called it for what it was. Right. And,
0: and we even have, I mean, there's been episodes where we've cut in clips of people. And there's one, I'm almost certain, where I put in, it was way back during the 2020 debates, of Joe Biden telling people to come yes. surge
1: the border yes so yeah one it's just crazy i mean because then you know immigration was such an issue that we there were certain conservative governors mm-hmm. or mayors who did the busing mm-hmm. right and they would yeah. bus these people who were willing mm-hmm. into the big blue cities to try and make a point Right. You know, that we can't handle this. Well, now you have people like Kathy Hochul in New York saying mm-hmm. people need to realize before they come that you're not just going to get a hotel room and a hot meal. Right. You know that we are at capacity right? and we're going to have to bus people to other parts of the country. And it's like, oh, <gasps> right. so see, th- I think the conservative governors or mayors or whoever they were mm-hmm. that started this busing thing it really wasn't just a stunt right because it's literally what the democrats are doing even if they weren't you know in a position if let's say new york wasn't at capacity at the time mm-hmm. they have no hesitancy if you remember the martha's vineyard yep, thing they did it right away they have no hesitancy when it's their neighborhood mm-hmm. to pack these people up and bus them right so
0: i mean it's really gotten crazy right and this this immigration issue i'd say is the administration's biggest gaslight, even a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, what's-her-face, Jean-Pierre, is saying that Joe Biden is doing all that he can. He's doing all that he can for to, for immigration, and it's the Republicans' fault because they're not helping him.
1: Right. Well, even well, AOC. Remember, uh-huh. I know we've covered this before because she even got a bunch of headlines for mm-hmm. coming out and saying that it was the administration's weakest issue mm-hmm. because you right, know, yeah, th- the progressives want to see it changed a little differently. Right. I think they want less headlines about it. Right. Yeah. They just want it all to be understood. Okay, come on in and let's mm. stop keeping track of the numbers. Right.
0: I think that's what the liberals would like to see. Right. <clears throat> yeah, because it's clear the administration is not actually trying to stop the people because in this interview um on the fox news rundown that uh, i was listening to um the guy was talking about how in the budget there's uh, funding for the Customs border patrol specifically not to go towards enforcing the border but for processing uh-huh. They just want to process these people. They don't yep. want to stop them and send them back. and Because th- they're also talking about when they got rid of Title 42 back in May, which allowed the government to almost pretty much immediately at the border turn people away, it reverted back to Title 8, which is like our standard procedure where they show up, we process them, we send them right back out. Well, they're not even doing that. They show up, they claim asylum, which... This guy in the interview said that the administration has unilaterally expanded to include claims of poverty for asylum, which is not... Claims what, of poverty? Yep, right, exactly. Which is not what's written in the law, I believe. And they just process them and let them in. Tell them, come, call, call us later for your your court date. And that's, that, that they're not even trying to send them back. Well, so this whole thing's a big... Well and forest, it has to come to like a head.
1: Said. It has to come to a head because mm-hmm. at some point we're going to be claiming poverty. Yeah. The whole country. Right. I mean if you look there Mitch McConnell was quoted, you know, last week as saying that funding for Ukraine is still his and other top Republican leadership's main focus as far as ending this war with Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They just want to send more funding. Right. Now as you'll see it, it wasn't part of the stopgap yeah, funding the bill. bill. Uh-huh. But they're going to be right next week, I promise you, they're going to be on the Senate floor, they're rep- the House floor trying to pass more bills and get more money out to Ukraine Mm -hmm. since it wasn't part of this funding package. They're going to be trying, but it's like that's where everybody's mind is, is let's send more money to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Let's send more money to Ukraine. Forget the border. It's like we have a war going on right here at the border,
0: and they don't want to acknowledge it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that um, was mentioned in this Fox News thing was It was like the, one of the first things that they mentioned. Is, there's a picture that uh, one of the chief Border Patrol agents posted of a two-year-old, or I mean two-month-old, I believe, ba- abandoned by the river. Mm-hmm. And this is just getting crazy. Well, not only
1: that, I don't have the particular number. I'll try to find it to include it in the show notes. But I- I've seen photographic evidence mm-hmm. that I'll cite first where you can tell that this is like, men. Mm -hmm, Yeah. 80% single men. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about families, families with Mm -hmm. babies, whatever. And then somebody put out a number. I don't know if it was the border patrol people themselves, but there's an actual statistical breakdown of male versus female. And Mm -hmm. it really is, as I recall, something like 80% to 20%. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you think about that, If you remember under Trump, you know, the the Democrats were going crazy Mm. talking about these family separations down at the border and family detentions. Right. Okay. And, oh, here's another thing. I saw over the weekend people like Meryl Streep Mm. are telling these stories about these migrants. You know, there's an old woman. The sun is beating down on her, and she's just trying to get across the Rio Grande to reunite with her family. Well— Sorry Meryl but you you're reading a Hollywood script yeah. that's not what's happening you look at the numbers and it's 80 percent men mm-hmm. coming into the country there's no right. families there's no women there's no children so I mean what that should be addressed right. that should be the easiest thing to be addressed yeah you're a single male see si. you have no
0: family see si. okay you go home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go home to your family yes <laughs> Wow uh. And another stat that was mentioned in this interview is the number of countries that these people are coming from. Right. As of, well, okay, Jessica Rosenthal, the host from Fox, she originally cited, since the ending of Title 42 in May, we returned like 250-something thousand people to 152 different countries. Well, the guy that he she was talking to who's some kind of national security expert said he believes that number is closer to 164 different countries now and there's like 190 recognized countries yeah so that's outrageous how many different places these people are coming from and usually we're you know it's we get the impression that it's mostly like migrants from mexico and south america and stuff like that which i believe is still a large number but the increase of people coming from, like, China, there are a huge number of Chinese nationals starting to come over, which is of concern. Well, not only that, what
1: kills me about this whole thing is that we have gone over this before. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about this for a while. And it shows so much, not only a failure of leadership, but Mm -hmm. just absolute, I mean, I don't even know how to put it, just how absolutely corrupt... Mm -hmm. The government, the powers that be are because you'd think, like you just said, 160 some countries out of 190 Mm -hmm. and they're not coming in on airplanes. They're not coming down through Canada. Uh They're not coming into New York, San Francisco, Florida. No, they're coming up through the southern border. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, isn't that shady? Yeah. Well, I, I would say part of that is simply due to the no- network of cartels that help send these but people up exactly here. But that's exactly
1: what I'm saying yeah. is it's so shady. It's mm-hmm. there is something going on that's funneling these
0: people right. purposefully mm-hmm. through the southern border. Right. And if the administration actually cared about it, they would they'd be making bigger efforts to at least Secure. control the flow.
1: Exactly.
0: Cuz from day 1 they tried to shut down What was in place, like the remain in Mexico and the title 42. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned before, during the campaign for 2020, Joe Biden told him to to surge the border. They want them to come in
1: and they want to stop keeping records.
0: Yeah. So that is certainly one of the biggest issues growing right now. Um, And I'm glad it was at least mentioned somewhat on the debate stage. Seems like they should discuss it a little more, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they might. I uh, hopefully at least in the next debate, because just the day after the debate, the one and only Elon Musk went down to the border. Oh, ah. so I mean, that's going to help put some eyeballs on the situation. Well, hopefully, yeah, because it is getting out of hands. Because one of the things, uh, that's probably the last things I'll mention, is. They're talking about, at least what this guy in this interview said, they're talking about pinching big giant tents in our national parks to house these people because they, they're we're running out of space already. So it's you know, it's really going to start impacting the actual American citizens who matter in a big way pretty soon. And pre- I just hope has. it won't
1: be too late.
0: Yeah. Is all that right. all you got on immigration? Because that was my se- second topic, so yep. we can move Yep, that's on. all
1: I got on immigration. But otherwise, I just thought I'd maybe just sort of hit on a couple of sure. interesting headlines that I saw over the weekend. It seemed like several things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I already mentioned that we were able to avert a government shutdown Mm -hmm. that was looming. They passed a stopgap measure, which will fund the government for another 45 days. And, um, the hardline Republicans, as (laughs) it's being reported, they were able to drop funding for Ukraine out of the package. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I'm sure there's already been calls for it in the Senate. I'm sure that they're going to be right back to work trying to get s- print some more money for Ukraine. <laughs> right. But for now there's no government shutdown and I'm glad to see that, you know, that's yeah. another thing that we've talked about before. I'm not sure that the shutdowns really help because they no. never stick and then everybody gets their back pay and everybody right. gets raises and uh, whatever. So I'm just glad to avoid that whole song and dance. Yeah. And nobody
0: that. ever really wins. you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, and when we have such a slim majority in the house, you know, <laughs> it would be better to not abuse it. Yeah, damage what little grass we have. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad the, the shutdown didn't happen. Uh, you know, I, I
1: just I, hope the two groups may be proactive over these 45 days and <laughs> that it. I know that's kind of a joke, uh, but I just don't want to hear another. Fight mm-hmm. for the funding. In 45, Forty-five days, days from later, now, yeah. so, uh, it'd be nice if they could just get something comprehensive
0: done. Right. Yep, yeah, that uh, would be nice to see. A good early Christmas present. Yeah. They actually get something meaningful done. Right, but uh, who knows? Um, you know but I will say, go. you know, for all the the talk about, you know how. McCarthy he doesn't have control over the you know, the Republican House. He always seems to manage to wrangle, wrangle them together when it really gets down to crunch time. Yeah. He pulled it off this time. He pulled it off back in what, June or whatever when they were doing the debt limit stuff. You know, for, for I've talked before about how I'm not the biggest fan of McCarthy, and it's mostly because he gives me the heebie-jeebies. He seems phony like I can't trust him sometimes, but... He's done a pretty decent job at uh, being the House Speaker, getting um, getting the job done when it comes down to it. He's just okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd say, I guess too. He's he's okay and he's
1: doing okay. <laughs> but I will say this: I I don't view him as like a turncoat as like Paul Ryan. Sure. You know, when he got the gavel, mm-hmm. completely different person, mm-hmm. almost overnight. McCarthy is still running around same McCarthy he was 4 years ago. Yeah. At least I can say that for him. He's consistent. Right, but <clears throat> Yep. So the next thing, the next headline that really caught my eye was there's been um some pretty heavy rainfall in New York that caused a bunch of flooding. Hmm. I don't know if you saw about this. No, this I have not heard. Well, um you know, I don't think it's It's what you'd call flash flooding, Mm -hmm. not like super bad flooding, but um, lots of areas were affected. Mm -hmm. Basically, all the boroughs in one way or another. Um, Manhattan seems to have been particularly hit. Um, One of the interesting things that I heard, my ears kind of picked up on, was I heard somebody say that JFK, the airport, they had their wettest day since 1948. Hmm. That's the way one reporter put it. Okay. Their wettest day. Um but some of the subways flooded and got shut down. Um hmm. lots of, there's lots of property damage from people's basements. Uh-huh. Um wow people's, uh, I guess they have a lot of these underground apartments or whatever, mm-hmm. like subterranean or whatever you'd call yeah. it under the street level. Huh. And so lots of people's apartments were ruined. Um, so like I said, lots of property damage. Um, there was one thing that I saw. Oh, yeah. One lady reported that the, the sewers backed up. So that was particularly... Nasty. That was a nasty part Ooh, of the flooding. Yeah. Um, but one lady reported that her commode at one point was like a fountain. Oh, because as, gosh. I can't. If you can imagine such a thing, she had a, a basement apartment. And uh-huh. when the water started backing up, the sewer started backing up, it, the water was flooding into her apartment through. Out of the toilet. Out oh, of the toilet, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was pretty bad. I can't imagine. Wow. Um, Going through something like that, I have seen flooding before, mm-hmm. um, but just it terrible. wouldn't be the same way. I've seen valleys flood, right. you know, rivers yeah. flood. I, I, I can't imagine just getting so much rainfall that the streets fill up, right? You know, um, but I think it was interesting. I don't have the numbers for like all the boroughs and all the little cities or whatever, but there's uh, one city in particular called Park Shop where uh, a local reporter was reporting from where three people had to be rescued uh, from basements wow i guess they got trapped in their basement apartments and 15 people had to be saved out of their apartment buildings so Mm. they were up high and couldn't come Come down down, to the lower levels because maybe the lobby was flooded first floor was flooded whatever the case may be they couldn't get out Mm. and then three people had to be rescued from basements so 18 people in one little city of park shop. (laughs) So I can't imagine how many people were affected all over New York. People were probably being have to be rescued up and down, you know, basements and and high rises (laughs) all over the place. Um, I did see one where somebody, a a little video clip where somebody's car got trapped in the water and an EMS guy had to wade over. It was like up to his waist Uh and pick the guy up. I think he was older, older guy, picked the guy up and just slung him over his, his shoulders and had to carry him to higher ground. Right. So, I mean, it was pretty bad, but already some of the the water's receding, hmm. and people are really just cleaning up now, right. all the property damage and, you know, septic right, waste and all that stuff, yeah. Well,
0: it makes me think, I wonder how much more um, fatalities they could discover. Because I imagine in some of these old subways that are still yeah. accessible, there are probably homeless people that hang out down there. Right. And who knows if any of them might have drowned that haven't been found yet.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um. But my first thought was actually, I mean, you know, sometimes I can be kind of callous. And sure. I thought, I'm sure this has never happened before in New York. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. But actually, to put it a little nicer, I was kind of wondering, well, I wonder when the last time was right. that they had something like this, this uh-huh. severe or whatever. And so that's why my ears really picked up on that. At JFK, they had their wettest day since 1948. Right. I'm still not exactly sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. But it at least was some kind of a date that my brain could latch on to. Right. So, I mean, uh, apparently this was... Pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know if it's like record breaking or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it was interesting enough
0: to, you know, catch my eye. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um. That is definitely interesting. I had not heard about that. Um. That's yeah. That's news to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's also and just since we're still on the topic, mm-hmm. it's about to be hurricane season for, uh, you know, the Carolinas and the Florida area and, uh, and that kind yeah, of we're stuff. Yeah, coming
0: to the. The yeah, of it, really. we're
1: leading up to it, and so I just wonder if this will be a tell for the season that's about to come.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they end up getting a lot of hurricanes that go up that way and keep flooding uh, the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but um, the only other story that I have, and it's going to be a big one, I'm sure they're going to be harping on it for days, if not months. Mm-hmm. Um, ninety-year-old Diane Feinstein. Died uh, over yep. the weekend. Um, so she was the longest serving female senator, first elected in 92, mm-hmm. which I thought would be interesting for yeah. us to <laughs> mention. Um, same year we were born. Yep. It's also dubbed the year of the woman. Yeah, because like Six
0: female senators.
1: Yeah, because of how many f- uh, females entered the mm-hmm. Congress at that year. Um, but I did learn a couple of things, not too much that I didn't really know
0: already, you know. Yeah, there's I, something I learned about her too. I'll share after you go. F- okay. F-
1: um, one of the uh, she first got elected uh, out of a special election, which I hadn't really known that year in '92 was a special election. Um, she first sort of started serving in any kind of capacity in 1969. She was elected to the board of supervisors for the. City of San Francisco.
0: Uh, You're basically taking mine. Oh, really?
1: That's all right. Yeah, keep going. Well, and she ran for mayor of San Francisco twice, but never won. So that's something I didn't know. I knew she'd been a senator forever, but I didn't know. I guess sort of, and I knew she was from San Francisco, Mm -hmm. but I guess I didn't know that it was that... Near and dear to her That mm-hmm. she had got her start on the board of supervisors
0: That she had even ran for mayor twice mm-hmm. um, Well you actually It's related to what I was going to mention But you didn't specifically mention what I was going to mm-hmm. um, While she was the board of supervisors She was the one who found the bodies of Harvey Milk And the other gentlemen yeah. That were assassinated um, And that's kind of how she Got her name in the public uh, More broadly Because she was the one who came out And announced uh, that they had died Right
1: um, Yeah I did see that in the reporting But and I don't know And another I thing
0: they're... I heard even more specifically about that situation And you know I'm hearing it from Somebody else talking about it, so I don't know I assume it's true but she Supposedly stuck her finger in one of the Bullet holes of the other gentleman To check for her pulse uh, with Which there was none Well I'm not sure about
1: that. That's interesting. But um, I do know that because of that and the publicity she received, the notoriety mm-hmm. at that time, she did start pushing for gun issues. Yeah, and as yeah. we know, that's one of her big right, things yeah. that she h- harped on forever. Right. Yeah. Um, she's a big take-your-guns kind of <laughs> person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, The other thing that... I found really interesting to remember was following 9-11, She did a six year uh, study, like she led some kind of panel or something. Over the course of six years, they did a, a sort of investigation into whether or not the military was mistreating, you know, some of the detainees from mm-hmm. the whole. Yeah, I remember that. Uh huh. Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Sort of the whole Gitmo yeah, uh-huh. controversy. Right. If You know, that should ring a bell for most people. Um, and I kind of forgot about that. It, it rings a bell. You know, when I saw her, some of the clips following 9-11 and in the years, you know, um, mm-hmm. pre- uh, prior, after, no, following. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just <laughs> being redundant <laughs> and it sounds... Weird, but yeah. um, in the years following 9-11, I do remember a lot of this. And you remember, you know, there'd be scandals every so often. They'd find on somebody's personal computer or on their cell phone mm-hmm. pictures of them doing—posing the prisoners certain ways and yeah. making them do
0: goofy poses. And uh, like, I've even heard, like, urinating on them. Yeah, I've, I've stuff that like story. that.
1: Yeah. Stuff that obviously wouldn't be okay. Right, but, of course. Um, it's just kind of interesting to 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 see that in her highlight reel and go, oh, yeah, that was her exposing mm-hmm. some of that, you know, or her committee or, right. you know, her leadership. Right. Um, but the other thing is, you know, she wasn't doing too well there at the end. Right. Yeah. And I know that we talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, that she should give it up, pass the torch, that yeah. kind of thing but apparently she worked right up to the last minute because her last recorded vote was Friday. Wow. Yep. That's the same day she died. Yep.
0: (laughs) So she worked right up to the end, folks. Well, I mean, I I don't want to keep dragging on for too long, but that makes me wonder, was she really voting?
1: Well, I think you and I both know that she wasn't. Right. But to report that as fact, I don't think we can do (laughs) that. Allegedly <laughs> Yeah, allegedly <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah But, uh, rest in peace, <laughs> Diane Feinstein Yes uh, Didn't agree with your politics, but from all accounts, I've heard you're a pretty nice lady be She was a very respectable yes, lady Yes, yes, that's what I've heard, yeah And
1: personally, I think she looked a little bit like my great-grandmother, who was mm. one of my favorite people, so I don't know, we wish her well
0: Sure Well, is that all you got? I
1: that is um, all I got. It'll be interesting to see who replaces her. I'm sure it'll uh, be a special
0: yeah. election, don't you think? Yep. And then <laughs> next year they'll be trying to figure out who's going to actually be in that seat. Yep. Uh, What's his face? What's that seat? Eric Swalwell?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I always get him and Pencil Neck, Schiff, mixed up. Mm-hmm. I think well, I thought bo- Schiff wanted it, too. It probably is him. Like I'm saying, I, I, I get them confused mixed up for some reason. I don't know why. But yeah, yeah, it will will be interesting to see who's going to get replaced and then replaced again. (laughs) Possibly. Maybe that replacement will run. Who knows. But uh, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this great episode. And if you do enjoy this content, please subscribe on your favorite platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, YouTube, and many other platforms and if you'd like to reach out to us directly be be sure to send us an email you can find those email addresses in the show notes in the description below
1: and as always thanks for listening